Now you'll find out who the hell you're talking to when you do videos. G'day crew and welcome back to the Do Video Podcast, where our aim is to get you and your business genuinely connecting with your customers by using the best method at the moment, video. I'm Zoe, the Video Confidence Coach, your guide to everything smartphone video, and obviously pretty good looking. But if you're listening to the podcast, you can't tell. Trust me, I'm beautiful. You think I'm not telling the truth? I totally am, I totally am. And for the guys that are watching the video, don't tell them, don't tell them. Don't tell them that. Don't tell them about the water, okay? Don't tell them about the water. On my face, on my nose. Don't tell them. So if you found this in your podcast feed and wondering, Zoe, you do video and stuff. Why, why are you here in my audio feed of podcasts? Well, ¿qué los estos? Why can't we have both? One thing that I definitely want you to do in 2019, as well as me at the moment, is to be able to take the content you create and put it in multiple places at once. And the great thing about doing video is that you can do a video like this and rip out a bit and put it on social media. You can take out the audio and put it into a podcast. You can take out sections like I'm going to do with this episode today and create it as separate tutorials. It's rather magic what we can do nowadays. Back to the script, Zoe. The Do Video Podcast aims to help you whenever, wherever, whenever, wherever, whenever, wherever. Okay, a little musical break there. But that's why we have a video version, an audio version on podcast feeds, and a typed up version for a blog. Find that at your own risk. Don't worry, it's on the website, dovideopodcast.com. And now we have the intros out of the way. Time to get going with episode one. So what we're going to work through today is called a customer avatar. What is this, though? Well, for those who don't know, a customer avatar is essentially a sheet that we'll go through today, but it helps you figure out who is your optimum customer or who is your preferred customer. Now, I'm not talking about who you have at the moment. I'm talking about who you prefer to work with. Now, I'm sure you've given thought about the type of person you want to work with, male or female, maybe their age, maybe how much they earn, preferably. But... For most people, especially for people that are not in the marketing sector, you may not have heard of what a customer avatar is. Essentially, it's someone or a figurehead that you have in your business to help represent who you want to work with or who you prefer to work with. And the reason that this is episode one of the podcast is because it's so integral to business. It helps you figure out many things. It helps you figure out who you're talking to when you're doing a video. It helps you figure out um, marketing decisions. If you've got the choice between option A and option B, does your custom avatar, what do they think? Obviously, they're not a real person. We'll go through that in a second. But it helps you figure out, okay, um, if option A, um, they don't like the sound of it, but option B is more like their style, then you're going to go with option B because that's the type of people you want to attract. A customer avatar is essentially a made-up person that you have amalgamation of people that you've worked with, people that you want to work with, and maybe customers you've had in the past as well, amalgamated into one person. So you can figure out what they like, what they dislike, how much they earn, what type of marketing will appeal to them most, and where you can invest your money for both marketing and also internal decisions as well. And the best thing I want to mention about a custom avatar, it's not like a business plan. Some actual, some actual business plans mean that you have to provide a custom avatar. That's not always the case. But a customer avatar is a living document. So a, con a document that you're going to come back to every three months from information that you've learned from your customers, through people that you've worked with, and maybe you can figure out what you, who you prefer to work with from there. And it goes without saying, make sure you have one, which is what we're going to go through today. 
A couple of other things I want to mention about the custom avatar as to why you would need it. A customer avatar sheet that we're going to go through today. And for those listening, we do have a video tutorial on our website and YouTube and such. But the reason it's so important is because it helps you and your team be able to focus on the type of person that you want to work with. Being able to work with contractors or employees or even people outside of your business like um, your bookkeeper, your marketer, your social media manager, if you give them an idea of the type of person that you want to work with, then they're going to have a better idea of who to aim their marketing at and who to talk to, what type of copy they should use and what type of images they should use or video they should use in their marketing for your business. It also helps you as the business owner focus on how to leverage the most out of your business at the current time. If you're running on a tight budget, well, you need to have a better idea and planning on what you're going to do going forward with a tighter budget. And because of that tighter budget, it helps you decide on specific ideas as to what works best for your customer avatar now and possibly in the future and what would definitely not work. And also you can use the customer avatar as the goal of the type of person that you want to eventually work with, that you want to eventually work with in the next, say, six months or even a year. The type of person that you want to work with because they um, turn in their work on time, they pay their invoices on time, they they purchase a lot of you in one go, or they always make sure that they give you a heads up, whatever the reason. But if you can give yourself a goal of working with that type of person, it's going to happen sooner or later. If that is your goal, and you can drive through it. So now on to the tutorial. As I mentioned in the previous episode of the podcast, we are aiming to give you practical advice. So today we're going to give you a tutorial. Again, as I said, if you're listening on the podcast, check out our website or check out the YouTube channel where we'll have a tutorial singled out especially for you. And for the rest of you, keep watching and we'll get going. Oh yes, and shout out to West End Real Estate on Packington Street in Geelong. They have the best pens and they're also really good real estate and loan and lease managements guys, but also great pens. For those who are listening right now, feel free to go back to the tutorial later when you're free to, to actually get a visual idea of this. But it's pretty simple. We just go through each section bit by bit. And we have two versions of the customer avatar, this one page sheet, which is good to start you off and gives you a nice visual representation you can hang up in your office. And we've got a two page one, which is a bit more in depth and takes a little bit more time. So on the top left, you'll see the date, um, the date that you worked on this. And then you can check in every three months to see what you can improve on, what you've learnt, and how you can fix it, and how you continue working on it because it is a living document. So the business I'm going to use in this example is called floral.ly, or florally, and it's a primarily online business based out of West Geelong, but um, caters to everyone on Geelong and the Bellarine, the Bellarine being the section of water around where Geelong is. And the customer avatar who I'm going to work for, or who I'm going to aim for, is Jessica Humd. Now, the name of your customer avatar doesn't really matter. It just gives you an idea of who to refer to when you're thinking about them. And we're going to start off going left and going down. So we're going to start off with Jessica's age. Well, for Florally, we definitely work with mums, especially um, middle-aged to older mums, possibly empty nesters. So I'm probably going to look around the 42 age. Around about there, the reason we do a specific age as opposed to an age range is because it allows you to cement that title, but also you can change it in the future if you find that it doesn't work. But being able to give you a specific age helps you later on down the track. Then we're moving down to gender. Jessica views herself as female, cis female if we're being specific, but you don't need to write that in. Location where she's based. She's based in Newtown, which is a suburb of Geelong. And turns out every single city ever. 
and moving down you have your occupation. So she's currently a receptionist. And below that you can see job title. Now the reason that occupation and job title are two different things is because you could be a pharmacist, but you could be the head pharmacist, or you could be the assistant pharmacist. The same thing with Jessica is that she is a receptionist, but she's also the head receptionist, or head admin. So in her job she does a lot of different things um, at any one time, and does a lot of talking. And now moving up towards the top of the page again, we're going to be looking at partner status. So this is, you know, um, is she married? Is she single? Um, is she partnered with someone but not married? Um, you know, is it hetero? Is it homo? Is it open? What are we talking? So she is married uh, to a man whose name is Bob. Again, like I said, the name doesn't really matter, but it just helps you figure out some things because as you may have guessed that your that your custom avatar might be the person that you're aiming for and as we move further down you'll be able to see what type of role that they have in the purchasing process of your product or service so moving down children so she's got two kids one is 21 and one is 24 they're both boys and other information that you might want to include their names, if you so choose, if they're younger, which will probably help deciding on um, if they need to buy something off you or not. But I'm just going to say out of home. So currently, Jessica and her husband, Bob, are currently empty nesters. And her annual income. Now, this is something you might have to research um, as to the type of occupation and job title that this um, that Jessica has. I'm just going to spitball and I'm going to say uh, 56,000. I forgot how to write a thousand there for a second. My brain works. So annual income, you'll have to research a little bit of what works best for you, but I'm just going to put 56,000 because that is the um, what a reception usually makes in Geelong. I haven't researched this, I'm just guessing. But the reason why this is important to you is you can figure out how much um, Jessica has to spend on flowers, for example. Education level, this dictates a few things as to um, what language or what level you should use, um, how you should speak to them. I'm not saying that people who don't have a higher education level than someone else needs to be, speak needs to be spoken to differently. It just helps you figure out what level of words that you want to get to and say for example someone who grew up overseas or whether English is their second language may not work having really complex English language when you want to have something nice and simple for example um, her education level is year 12 because she didn't need to go to college because she didn't want to Alright, now moving down a little bit to the left, you can see where would you run into them in real life? Now this question is to figure out how would you meet Jessica in real life? Now, um, I would say this would be a market, because Florally does um, hold a uh, market stall at a, monthly, at a monthly market down here in Geelong. Florally has um, a market stall, so we can do this for a couple of reasons. One, it may not be entirely profitable for them, but they can A, get rid of excess stock, they can B, meet people in real life and get a good feeling for the community, and C, they can also get an idea of Jessica and um, meet them in real life. And also you could probably have um, her workplace. So say, for example, she's head of admin 
She's a receptionist and head of admin. We're not entirely sure at this stage written down where she works, but you could already make that decision already. And it could be a situation where you deliver the flowers to her work address, or maybe she's a receptionist at a lawyering firm or a doctor's office or what have you. Well, then you'll meet her at her workplace. All right, moving on to the right, you'll see how are you solving their real problem? Now, when I say real problem, I don't mean she just wants flowers because they're pretty. That's not the real reason why she wants flowers. The real reason is because, and we don't want to get too in-depth here, but (laughs) you can understand that she wants to feel loved, she wants to feel cherished, and she wants to fill her life with beautiful things. For example, the reason that people come to me for video is not because they just want to look pretty and look cute. They come to me to do video because they want to be a key person of influence in their industry. They want to be seen as the person who knows everything, who is the expert, and using video helps them on that way. And that's the real reason. So, for Jess, the real reason that the flowers are solving a problem is because she likes the idea of being loved. Being loved. Now, moving on to the right, next to the box that says look, below that, um, you'll see one word that describes their personality. Now, I'm not meaning to pigeonhole anyone. That's what the rest of this information is for. But just to be able to give an idea of the type of person that Jessica is. Um, Jessica can be seen as um, serious. She can be seen as quite tough. Um, Because she's in this position of head receptionist and head admin, she has to make a lot of decisions. She has to figure out, especially for her work, about, you know, not saying that she shouldn't take any shit, but it means, like, she has been in this workplace for a very long time. And she's seen as this... Even though she is not the boss, she is pretty much seen as the boss because nothing gets past her. So um, one thing that describes Jessica is serious slash misunderstood. And this one word description can help you figure out how you're going to speak to your customer. Now, looking above that, you'll see this section called look, and you'll see this lovely blank face. So this, you can do a couple of things. You can get an image offline, um, off a stock-free website. Check out below our tutorial slash link for that. If not, I may have already done it. We'll see. Um, And (laughs) you'll be able to check down here. Um, So you'll be able to see that you can draw a face on, or you can stick one on, or just grab one from a magazine they still exist um or a newspaper if they still exist um (laughs) i'm kidding no i'm not but you get where i'm going (laughs) or you can put an image there of the type of person that jessica looks like or represents and the reason this is helpful is because it gives you a visual clue especially for those visual learners out there that'll give you a visual idea of what jessica is like so if you meet her in person you can associate her with people and get an idea of how you want to act around her And also it gives you an idea of if she has, you know, um, brown curly hair, maybe giving her something that would be helpful for brown curly hair people as a gift might be helpful. I don't know. Remember, the idea of a customer avatar worksheet is to give you an idea of who who you're working with and who you're talking to. And then from there, you can always work back. Moving down and to the left, you've got what are their goals in life? So... I know these are big questions, but what are their goals in life? So, um, say for example, one for Jessica definitely is to retire by 65. Now, she's got a pretty hefty nest egg and she wants to be able to retire by 65. That's one of her goals in life. Definitely one of her things. Um, 
be there for grandchildren. And one of her goals in life is to be there for her grandchildren. There aren't any yet, but she's definitely holding out. <laughs> um, and being there for her grandchildren means that she has to be healthy, she has to be well, and she has to take care of her health, um, both mentally and physically. So you could work on that for some for something. And another goal in life could have her being, um, you know, travel to America. And now moving on to the right of that box is what are their values in life? So what do they value? Um, there is a whole list that I can provide you down below. I'm just going to go off the top of my head here. So trust. All right. Um, Say, for example, trust could be one of their values. But a value can usually refer to what do they hold up. So um, definitely um, Jessica uh, values honesty. That's a big one. That's a biggie, biggie. I'm going to underline that one. So that's a big one for um, Jessica just because of the past that she's had in regards to people lying to her. Um, and maybe maybe it results a little bit to her job. Maybe she's had a few bad experiences. But one thing that you definitely want to do as a business is not to lie. Don't lie in general, but make sure you definitely don't lie to Jess. That's an obvious one, but let's go with that, for example. And then uh, another value that she would have is consistency. Now, consistency might not exactly be the values that you would give to your customer, but consistency for her is the ability not for things to stay the same, um, but she understands for things to have a regular rhythm to them. She doesn't like change too much. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> but the idea of having consistency there in um, what she believes in and what she works towards, she prefers that over chaos, for example. And another value that Jess has is friendship. She has a lot of great friends who she's had from high school. And she values... She definitely values friendship and mateship and kinship. All right, moving down and across to the left, you have what are their challenges? Now, because I couldn't actually fit everything in, it looks a bit weird, but trust me, that's what it says. <laughs> so what are their challenges? So what are they currently challenging with? And again, as I said before, most of these things about her goals and her values don't exactly relate to floristry, but that doesn't matter because it's about the person who you're serving and who you're helping with the help of flowers. Again, if you are a florist. I'm using this as an example, people. All right. So what are Jessica's challenges? Challenges possibly would be um, mental health, self-care. So I just skipped over that bit before just so I can write it down. But essentially what I've got down here for what are their challenges? So what are Jessica's challenges? Well, she's got self-care, mental health, and budgeting. Self-care and mental health are very connected. But say, for example, the reason they are connected is because, you know, flowers help with self-care. But the reason why I mentioned mental health is not saying that flowers will fix it, but it will give her that mental health understanding or, like I said... Like I mentioned before, gives her that ability to have something beautiful in her life. And budgeting is another important challenge that she has for her. Say, for example, she's good with, you know, house budgeting, but as soon as it comes to anything outside of that, she's not that good. So to be able to maybe provide um, a subscription service where she can have flowers coming in every two, um, every fortnight, for example, but at a lower rate, that could be good with budgeting. Um these challenges will help you figure out um, what they're currently struggling with and then relating to the pain points, which is the next section, to be able to figure out how you can help them. 
And now we move on to the next section. So the next section to the right of that is what are their pain points? So pain points are specific things that not hurt them. You don't want to hurt your customers. But what are the things that really, really get to them on the inside? So it's definitely one of the points um, for... So I just quickly jumped there. But what what are their pain points? What are Jessica's pain points? So I've got boredom. One of her <laughs> one of her biggest pain points. She doesn't enjoy being bored. Um, yes, she can fill her time with phones. She can fill her time with a book. But she doesn't enjoy being bored. Um, another pain for her. Another pain point for her is being broke. She doesn't like running out of money because that's what she experienced when um, she was younger, when she was there with the two kids and with the husband, and she doesn't like the idea of being broke again. So that's another pain point that you can work on to make sure that your flowers are affordable. Make sure that the accessories that you have on are affordable. Um, making sure that um, you know your stuff is accessible. For example, don't go too high up market because Jessica wouldn't be for Jessica. And and the final pain point for Jessica is being lonely. Yes, she does work around people and yes, she does have a husband. But like most people, we don't want to be alone. So you can work on that pain point by providing nice delivery drivers, for example. Or maybe having uh, meetups where you can meet up with other Um, enthusiasts of flowers for example I don't know remember customer avatar sheet is to help you figure out who person is first and how you can best serve them later all right moving down to the left we have what are their objections to buying from you so out of all the information we've got so far we can probably come up with a few objections as to why Jess won't buy from them okay so Jessica's objections are as follows inconsistent branding no content and expensive so her objections to buying from them at the current time are that the branding for Florally is inconsistent. So say, for example, when she's interested in getting flowers, she goes to their website and then she goes to their Facebook page and sees that they don't really match. And then she goes, OK, this probably is the wrong business. I'm not trusting this. OK, goodbye. She goes back to her Facebook feed. Another thing that may... Another thing that Jessica might not even know about at this stage is the lack of content for Florally. So the reason I mention that is not because I'm a video person, but if you don't have any posts going up on social media, or any blogs or anything like that, if you're not showcasing to people that, hey, we're open, we're currently doing business, I'm here to remind you that we are here in the background when you need flowers, which for Jessica is probably, you know, 25 times out of the year, then if there's nothing there to showcase, you might think that you guys have closed down. And another objection she currently has is that it's a little bit expensive for her at this time. So maybe it could be a case of, again, getting Jessica on the subscription feed or maybe doing something where you have slightly lower priced items for something that takes you less work, for example. And now to the right of that, you'll see what is their role in the purchasing from you? That was a little bit of a typo. I'm not fixing it now. But essentially what I'm asking is what is their role in the purchasing process from you? So right here, we've got initiator, user, buyer, gatekeeper, influencer, and decider. And the glossary you can find on the next sheet because I couldn't fit it on this page. But this will help you figure out what type of person Jessica is in your sales process. I'm going to go through them one by one and give you a few examples. All right, first up, we have the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper controls the information or access to the decision makers or influencers, the next people further down. So a gatekeeper, very much like a receptionist, like um, like some you know someone who picks up the phone. Um, people, if you want to get access to a CEO, you have to go through their assistance. You have to go through their reception. You have to go through their security, for example. Don't 
don't bug the security. I'm just saying <laughs> that if you want to get to the person who you really want to get to, you're going to have to get through the gatekeeper first. So is Jessica the ultimate um, person who's buying from us? Or is she just the person who is giving the person or who's giving uh, their her boss? Maybe her boss is the one buying flowers, for example. How, how does she relate to that? Next one, we have the initiator. So the initiator is the one that first identifies that they need to buy a particular product or service to solve the problem in their company or their business, in their family, or for them personally. So again, this initiator could be someone uh, on the board, could be the CEO, could be someone higher up, or even someone lower down who sees a problem that needs to be fixed. So they're the one that goes, hey, we need something to fix this. Hand it up to the person who makes decisions. And the next one after that is influencers. So influencers... um, their views influence the decider and the buyer. The decider and the buyer are the people who are next up. But the influencer is someone someone that could be Jessica's mother, someone who orders flowers on a regular basis. She might be able to give um, her influence her on um, what to look out for or maybe who to keep an eye on, for example. The decider is the person who ultimately approves any or all parts of the buying decision, including whether to buy at all, what to buy, and how to buy. So... The person who is deciding is says, okay, here is the problem. Um, the influencer has gone in and figured out, okay, this is what we could possibly do to fix it. You've got option A, B, D, and C. Um, and the decider is the person that goes, cool, this is the, this is the option that we're going to get. We're going to get it this one. And cool, that's what we're going to get. And the buyer is the person who actually goes, goes and does the buying. They're not the ones that make the decision. They're the ones that actually go out and buy it. So say, for example, if you're, you know, Oh, what's a good example? <laughs> an example of this is could you could be a manager at a restaurant. Um, there's the initiator, the owner of the restaurant saying, hey, we need a new fridge. And the influencer says, hey, um, I've done a little bit of research. Here's a few of ideas I have for you. The decider goes, cool. Um, maybe the manager or co-manager says, cool, that's what we're going to buy. So from there, the manager decides, okay, um, we know we need to fix this problem of we need a fridge. Okay, I've already gone out and figured out, okay, whether we're going to buy it all, okay, we need a fridge, Um, what to buy, what type, style, electrical capacity, all the good stuff, and how to buy. So are we going to do a cash check? And then the next one along is the buyer. So the buyer holds the formal authority to select the supplier and the range of terms of acquirement. So as the buyer would be possibly the manager as well, um, from the previous example, but someone that goes, hey, okay, we need a fridge, um... I've selected uh, Benny's fridges because he has them at the best price. Um, and a terms of requirement means I'm going to get him to deliver it to us. Cool. Bob's your uncle done. And then the user, the person who actually uses it, so would be the staff, would be the owner, would be the manager or people of that nature, would consumes and uses the final product. Now, for most of these options, there's a good chance that your customer avatar will be a combination of at least two or three of these options. So getting back to Jessica, one of her options is that she is the buyer. She's the person that actually goes out and buys the flowers. Um, And she's the user because she's the one that uses them. Um, And she's also the decider because she is the one that decides um, when to buy them and what to buy. Um, She's not the gatekeeper because she's not holding herself from getting the flowers. (laughs) Um, She's not an influencer because she knows what she's getting and she's doing her own research to do it. Um, and she's not the initiator per se, because she's already the one that's already deciding and buying the products. 
Now, the reason that this is helpful to you is you can figure out who the ultimate customer is. So say, for example, you might be doing a customer avatar sheet on Jessica, but the main person you want to be aiming for is actually your husband, Bob, because Bob is actually the one that's going to be purchasing the flowers on a regular basis. So you may have done a bit of work on Jessica, and now you need to do a customer avatar sheet on Bob because he's the one that is the initiator. Or say, for example, he's the one that's influencing where Jessica can buy the flowers. Okay, kids, we're almost there. Now moving down to the left. Now we're going to go through a couple of things that you may think are a bit weird to focus on, but I'll explain at the end. So now we're going to focus on who does Jessica follow? So who do they follow? So when I say follow, you could be talking about gurus, you could be talking about influencers, you could be talking about people that she idolizes and other people like that. So you can be doing this for other reasons of if they're at a level of where you can collaborate with them, then maybe you could do a blog post for them and they could do a blog post for you and collaborate that way. Um, maybe you could maybe get them to appear on one of your ads. What have you. Whoever um, Jessica sees as a guru. So I know Michelle Bridges is definitely one of is definitely one of the gurus for Jessica. She just loves Michelle Bridges. I personally don't, but this is not me we're talking about. We're talking about Jessica. And then another guru that she loves to follow... Um, uh, Nigella Lawson. Now, um, below that, you'll see favorite websites. So um, so what does Jessica like to do? Well, Jessica is definitely a Facebook. She loves her Facebook. But she also is enjoying reading about the news. So um, a local paper down here is called The Advertiser. So The Advertiser is here in Geelong, and she enjoys reading them, and she has a subscription. Now, this could be helpful to you in a couple of ways. You can A, invest in Facebook ads because you know that Jessica will see them, or B, you can invest with the advertiser because she, you know that she reads the paper. I'm not, I'm not saying that you should go with either. The options is that you have it written down for you to be able to think about, hey, what's the best way to market? Let's do it this way. And then below that, you'll see favorite books slash audio. And when I say slash audio, I mean audio books. Because a lot of people nowadays don't read books anymore. They just listen to them in their ears while they're working, while they're driving to work, driving home, and while they're doing plenty of stuff. And and Jessica, as I've already mentioned, is the head admin. She doesn't like to be bored and she doesn't and she likes to focus on her self-care and mental health. So she likes to read books, but she likes to have them read. She likes to have them written to her. So a book that she could like. You could throw in a wild herring out there about like some fantasy book of, you know, J.R. Tolkien, for example. So the books that Jessica likes are cookbooks and gardening books. Because she likes flowers, she likes gardening. Cookbooks because she likes Angela Lawson. So moving up and to the right, you've got networking groups. Now, this usually does apply to B2B, business to business networking. So businesses like mine that work with other small businesses. And even though Jessica herself is not exactly a business um, owner, there are groups that she goes out to that on a regular basis to network, to chat with the ladies and the girls. So networking groups that you could write down would be, is she part of any clubs like the Rotary Club? Would you look at that? Jessica is part of the Rotary Club, which... I don't, I can't entirely remember what the Rotary Club is for, but it's a volunteer group that we have, that you have different um, clubs throughout Victoria and throughout Australia that help um, with volunteer situations, collect food, collect clothes, um, put in sausage sizzles, a lot of um, helpful things that help out the community. And she's part of it. And then below that, we've got two things. We've got other, and below that, we've got conferences and learning more. Now, the reason I got that back to front was because I couldn't fit conferences 
and learning more into the section above. But going back down. So we're going to go to the lowest option where it says conferences and learning more. So again, there's a good chance that Jessica won't go to conferences. Yes, she is a receptionist and she's at the head of admin. She might go to a conference once every couple of years for on behalf of her business to network, to socialize and to, you know, learning all the cool new tricks on how to admin. I don't, I don't really do it. But one thing that I do want you to focus on is learning more. How does Jessica learn more about what she's interested in, what her hobbies are? And for most people, you may think it's a bit weird. Like, why would people want to do that? But if you want to know something or learn something, do you go to Google and then to YouTube as your default? Do you get a book from the library? How do you get your information to learn more and educate yourself? Television? Radio? Books? Definitely for Jessica. When she wants to learn more about a subject, she goes straight to books. So one thing that you could do for your flower business is maybe write a book. Write a book on how to keep flowers in your home. Granted, it's not the most thick book or in-depth book, but something that she would pick up, that she would purchase, and that she would read and see your business going, hey, that's a local business in Geelong. Oh, I'd definitely buy from them now, now that I've learnt more about them. And moving back up to other, you can have other notes such as where she goes shopping if you sell products, um, where she gets her car fixed if um, you're a service and maybe a car mechanic, or, or maybe you can talk about her favourite cafes so you can run advertisements through there, or whatever other information you have about your customer avatar that will be helpful to you and what you're planning to do with your content. And that's everything. Okay, I know that was a long tutorial, but stick with me. It was going to be it was going to be long to the beginning, and I know it's an A4 sheet, but that's a very highly in-depth tutorial that's going to give you step-by-step on how to craft your own customer avatar. And you can use this customer avatar sheet now that you filled it out, or if you're listening to this, when you do fill it out, you can use it for your marketing, you can use it for your decision-making, you can use it for business pivoting. When you feel like you're not doing enough for your customer avatar, you can pivot slightly now that you have the details. And make sure that you update that every three months. Whew. Okay, so to round up everything that we've talked about in the Who Are You Talking To episode of the podcast, here are the three golden nuggets. Number one, why do a custom avatar sheet? Because it helps you focus on the person that you're serving. Number two, who should you be focusing on? Well, hopefully you've filled out that sheet. And if you are listening, maybe you've got some stuff kicking around in your brain of how this could actually work for you and maybe write it down on a piece of scrap or paper. And three, when should you use this? All the time. Make sure you pin it up in your office or on your kitchen table or wherever you're going to see it most of all, or wherever you're going to see it a lot of the time to be able to reiterate to you that this is the person I'm serving and how am I going to help them? For a full list of sources, credits and downloadables for the customer avatar sheet, visit our website at dovideopodcast.com and feel free to rate our chat slash podcast on your favorite podcasting app or leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Looking for a podcast to listen to while you wait for another Do Video episode? One podcast that we can recommend is B2B Growth by Sweetfish Media. No relation to Zebrafish Media. They're a company that focuses on podcasts for larger businesses. And yes, that does come across in their podcast, but most of the content they give you is incredibly helpful. And they also have different series. One that I especially like is called How to Podcast. Gave me a few tips before I did this. And because they've also done a podcast episode once every day for however knows how many long, their backlog is huge, so you will never run out of content from them. 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedbacks, feel free to reach out to us, the Video Confidence Coach, on our website, social media, and everywhere else. Feel free to Google Video Confidence Coach, and hopefully you'll find us. Or just check out the dovideopodcast.com. Thank you for engaging with us today, and don't forget to tell your crew about your custom avatar. Bye.